2: Hello, and welcome to Say It Loud. It's Woo. episode five. Yeah. We're back in the studio. Yeah. No more Zoom. No more. No more. Zoom is your ex. <laughs> no more. <pain. laughs> no hey. more, no more. <laughs> Sometimes I'm over reasons not to try. This time I'm, I'm going to fight. We're back. In the studio now. Today we have some fabulous guests. It's the Pastors' Kids Association Woo! today because yeah, we've got the Pastors' yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids in the
2: building. <laughs> P-K. So we have Andrew and Michael botang Welcome to oh. Say it Loud. Thank you for Thank having you us. Welcome. Oh my
3: God, I feel so privileged. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: God. So glad to have you guys. So, just to intro you, Andrew was one of our network alumni. You are on our entry-level scheme Mm -hmm. called The Network in 2018, and then you won our New Voice Awards Test Card Pilot Award for the Goodfellas. Accolades. Okay. You know what I mean? (laughs)
4: Okay.
2: And then we have the lovely Michael Boateng. You might recognize him from Policing Those Streets in Manchester, but (laughs) you might recognize him from-
4: (laughs) Talking about your line of duty.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But you might recognize him from, you know, the biggest entertainment show in the UK, Love Island. Yeah. 2019, you were on, right?
3: Yeah. Was it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019.
2: Oh my god! Yeah. I was
4: flowing, like 2020
2: nuts. was just. I mean, it was a riot it do, Yeah, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. 2020 doesn't <laughs> I want count. That, I want that
4: back. Was it really 2019 when you went? Oh, and it was a part of 2020 as well. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How have you guys been doing though in lockdown? How have you been keeping?
3: Well, I've personally been good. I've been yep. alright, but I've been trying to stay positive. Sure. Obviously, just I've taken the time really just to hold my craft and work on a lot of things that I know I probably wouldn't have done had yes. we had the madness of being outside. Yes. So it's it's been a blessing
4: yeah. in disguise.
2: Yes. Yeah, yes. Disguise. For me it's been good too.
4: I I, I realised that, you know, it's time just to re educate myself on things that I thought that I already knew. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go back to um university. Mm-hmm. Or you would have a master's degree, but I thought, let me just do a second one. Why not? Mm-hmm. So, um wow, <laughs> because you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? so just finish my <laughs> <because> <laughs> I know, right? You know, I
3: didn't even get a degree.
4: <laughs> smart, smart lad, you
3: are. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. This guy,
4: <laughs> you smart baby. <laughs> so um Warner Brothers decided to give me a scholarship.
2: No biggie.
4: No biggie. No biggie.
2: Like Come on. Right. So then big move. Can then I
4: finish. can I pause him just for a second, yeah? Let's go.
3: Andrew Andrew does this a lot and I don't like it. Right. He plays down mm. his accolades. Humility. Humility, which is, is not a bad attribute to have, my brother. But
2: sometimes. You with, you your with your chest,
3: <laughs> say it with, with your, your chest. Warner Brothers, they're gonna probably watch this video. Is he not appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but if if I got. Accepted to do a Warner Brothers thing, and they with me a right. master. That'd be you'd hear it. You're gonna know. You will know.
4: Yeah. You get you me. You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. like, do you know
2: what? It's such a British thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, you know, just been promoted at my job. But <laughs> no, like, no. we're just not.
4: Yeah. Very. It's a very English thing. self deprecating That's right. what you yeah. don't. Know yeah, but no. you're. you're, you're ver- life, yeah. I was either born
3: in Nigeria or America. Yeah, you're. Ver- no, in fact, <laughs> yeah. I promise you.
2: I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say. I guess like, the Nigerian way is like. <laughs> My Everyone name is Dr. Know. Apostle <laughs> Buster <laughs> professor, <laughs> professor. They will name every title yeah, before they come to real. their name. <laughs> so I want to talk about obviously, you've been on screen, you work off screen. Yeah. So I kind of want to start with you, um, Andrew, and let's talk about the good fellas. So this is what won you your Tesco Pilot Award. And <laughs> they were both laughing. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Yeah. but it's 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 making progress yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, that in, like it's, it?
4: it's, it's been a long journey <laughs> <laughs> so um what i've decided to I've decided to um put that slightly to the side of the okay. seat and work on other projects as okay well, was that that has been a long process in the making sure. Sure. so ju- just to give a bit of backstory mm. um I had the show initially made in 2015 sent it off to the BBC in Mm -hmm. 2000, end of 2015 as well. Mm -hmm. They set up a meeting at the beginning of 2016. They said they loved everything about it, but then everything needs to change about it. Got given a million notes, and then finally, so the show's about five middle-class black guys Mm -hmm. um, who just live life and do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Very much a hybrid between the Fresh Prince and betweeners. and then I was asked if I could make the show a bit more urban because they weren't too happy with the middle-class characters and felt that it was, not they, he, and felt that he felt that it wasn't realistic right so um yeah
2: let's talk about that a bit because what i like about the good fellas (laughs) is the fact that they're black middle class kids now i think when well what we see in the media of the black experience is usually violent or gang or or poverty related so i also think that there's a lack of understanding about being black and being middle class, like you can be those two things, and we do have a black middle class in this country. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm sure you had this experience as well. Obviously, I grew up watching My Wife and Kids, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they were, you know, affluent African Americans. Yeah. So that was i could see very early on that you know there is a middle class you black you know you can be black and be middle class even if i couldn't see in this country i knew that like they had that in america i also know being second gen nigeria you know i was always brought up and being told like you know you come from royals your you know your great uncle is a king you know even though i'm like is he but okay fine (laughs) that works for me let's talk about just kind of how did you come up with the you know concept of 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 the goodfellas so it's
4: so interesting that you said that you used to watch american shows because I created Goodfellas off the back of having watched an American show. Right. So I finished watching that show. I had a light bulb moment and I just decided to write it. For me, it felt very organic because right. I have never grown up in a gang-ridden mm-hmm. kind of... I've n- It's never been my life. Sure. And I think that's not been the life for most black people yep. in the UK. Yeah, definitely. It, 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 it happens just like most
2: really
4: like you disagree it, it happened yeah, like I mean, I a, a, a lot of a lot of people live a lot a lot of people have experienced people have experienced lives where they've been involved in gang culture and crime but most black people do not own a gun or have no, not no, shot no, no, someone no, or
3: but, but having grown up in that uh, so i thought you're dismissing having grown up in that
4: environment oh together. no 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 oh no no, no no i'm not saying the environment but yeah. i'm saying that not every black person you meet will be able to say oh yeah my boy got shot, I've right, shot right, someone, right, I've stabbed right, someone. Right, right. It's, it's not something that the majority of black people shot. can relate to. That's shot. a fact. Yeah. yeah, but then the way it's portrayed mm, in, you in media, you think, every black black think that experience. every black person, if you put your hand up if you've been shot before, then 90% of black people <laughs> <are>. <laughs> Which is <laughs> not true. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I'm, yeah, what I'm like trying to say? Yeah. it's so, not so that, That's what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, that so part. it's so interesting. I, I googled um recently top, drama or comedy shows in the UK I just had do a Google search right. and two of them were shows which had black characters in it mm-hmm. which were involved in gang culture or thing and I realized you know what yeah it's gonna get to a point where if we're not careful we're gonna think that's intentional was well, so if I'm American or from the outside and I'm looking in all I all you can do is you can base a group of people based on the content you see right so when I watch American shows, I know there are black middle-class families, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Sure. I know that there are black middle-class families that are also aspiring to do things blackish. Mm. I know that there are wonderful, wholesome black families, my and kids. Mm. I'm able to see wonderful single-parent households where you see mm. black men carrying themselves nicely one-on-one. Mm. I'm able to see so many shows where I'm watching people do amazing things. And when I come back to the UK, all, else, all, all I'm seeing is the Desmonds from 1990s to <laughs> 80s. And nothing else will yeah. show us what's going yeah. on now. That, cool, and is, it
3: that is deep, you know, because you're right. When you think about it, have you ever seen a show like that since the Desmonds? No, I can't remember.
2: I know they did the Real McCoy, but you that think? was before. It was like, I think it's like a show where they're like in a um like a sketch show or something like that. Yeah. But I this was before my time, so I never watched it. My parents used to watch it, but yeah. I didn't watch it. Oh. So obviously, I suppose we grew up at the same time where we were watching Trouble TV, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, you, so, you remember Trouble? And yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> interesting
2: how Trouble TV was called Trouble TV.
4: Yeah, do you know what I
2: mean, and there's you know, like, why was it called Trouble TV? I man,
4: mean, I don't look too deep into. I like, I
2: like that. <laughs> <truth>. <laughs> I like that. But again, but that's what's, and you know what? It's interesting you said that because my wife and kids, um, Fresh Prince, one on one, were very, you know, the, the father figures were strong, mm-hmm. were very strong, and. Like, my dad reminds me so much of Flex Alexander or Uncle Mm -hmm. Phil. I can see my dad in those characters. However, when we turn on the TV, I can't see my dad in any of the characters that I see on TV in this country.
4: Boy, docile, weak, just don't have any backbone. And even like- Or not present. Not present. Like for example, Michael is the best example. When this guy was a kid, I'll say with my chest, it was one of the best centre backs as a kid as a footballer <laughs> I've ever seen. My dad was presence taken to every game oh. was there by he side all the time, Dad Michael, kick the ball. The guy was all <laughs> the way from was all the way behind the half and he blazed it top corner. The guy was good in it. Mm. So I'm a but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay. God bless that. <laughs> <news>. For real. <laughs> so for me, I'm used to seeing strong black fathers, mm. and what I've constantly been subjected to from um, the UK media, whatever lack of black commission editors, black exec producers, right. black channel controllers, right. lack of all that, right. I'm I'm subjected to what people want to push onto me. It's like mm. Mm, this is not true. Mm.
2: It's interesting that you were told that it wasn't realistic. Yeah. Um. And again, that's why it's that's why it's important, like, to have someone like you and to have, you know, these black writers, because this is our experience. But if we don't have anyone there that's like experienced it, then you don't know what you don't know, yeah. basically. And yeah.
3: the narrative is played out now. Even even our own community, we're tired of seeing gang films. Yeah,
2: oh, over Look it. Look at all the
3: blog pages. Everyone's like, it's almost like when you hear uh say rap man or someone's coming to make a film is that like you almost assume now it's going to be a rag- sure. related film and everybody's just tired now why can't we see a, a rom-com or you know just s- something different something yeah. uplifting, yes. like a feel good a love story do you know what i mean yes um i think what blue story was meant to be a love story but it was essentially a gang yeah yeah, like, yeah why right
2: not we get something something different well do you know what it's interesting you say that because you know There's this, I think it's called Them, is it called Them? There's a show that, you know, that's essentially around black trauma in America. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say like, why, you know, why is blackness always surrounded with trauma? Mm. And it's interesting because like, I like Insecure, you know, I love Insecure, Issa Rae, because I feel like the stuff that we see on TV, you would think that like black people don't have like, as complex and crazy and funny and uplifting lives as Anybody else, yeah, but we're so associated with trauma, and the trauma porn, yeah, you know, is profitable yeah. essentially. Our pain is profitable, yeah. and that's that's the problem because it's like there is so much more to us than our trauma. Um, but only we can tell those stories, but we need to be in those rooms.
4: <sighs> we desperately need to be. What, what, what I always find interesting is how um, flat characters are and how they're written right and the nuances and the depth that white characters have so sure um on my master's course <laughs> come on <laughs> there we go hey. <laughs> on the course of his <laughs> study so we're, we're looking at um, a philosopher called um well a philosopher a guy of psychologist mm-hmm. called young mm-hmm. and breaking down his theory and breaking down different archetypes and different characters and different kind of characters that we kind of have in society that embody certain characters in films. I and mean, when I'm looking at a lot of films that are made by um, white exec producers, white writers, mm-hmm. the depth. Mm. The depth. The nuance. Mm. The nuances. So when you're watching a show, you can appreciate what, you're not watching someone was there white, you're watching it was it's a very deeply flawed oh. or wonderful or br- brilliant character. And then I'm coming to BBC watching a show and then seeing a black man jump over a chicken and chop, chop and just punch an Asian brother in the head with no excuse, like right. with no reason. I'm right. thinking, but wh- why are you doing us like this? <laughs> Where's the depth in his anger? I don't get it. (laughs) And that's why I always say the film I love so much is Anton Fisher, directed by Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. Was it showing a black man who comes from um, abandonment, but really given the depth and nuances behind why he is who he is. Mm -hmm. That's what I love. I love when we're creative depth as Mm -hmm. we are, we're very deep people. Mm -hmm. And in that way, it gives our life more meaning. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, when a black man gets unfortunately shot shot or killed, was there such a lack of depth in who we are as people? Mm -hmm. You watch something, it's like, oh, did you see what happened? So, like, we, we're almost used to seeing black death. Mm. But then let's say a white person died on camera. You can't, don't post that, don't show that, We can't look at that. Uh, yeah, you can't yeah. look at that. Yeah. How dare that be posted? But with us, man, it's like... Standard. Yeah, that's sad, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: That's not that's proper sad, you know? Mm. But this is, this is a life. Mm. And for me, it doesn't make sense as to why there's, su- there's such a lack of depth and thought behind us as people. It mm. makes no sense at all. Mm. And even
3: just to bounce off that as well, I think sure. what we need to now realize is that TV essentially is a lo- the whole nation. We we literally feed off what what we see. Yeah. So if what we're seeing is all that Andrew's saying, mm. like no depth to characters, that that's literally what the majority of the population are going to think. Yeah. That this is our reality. This is what we go through. This is essentially black people, mm. and and then we then get surprised that we get so many other things
4: happening you know and, and this <sighs> anyway what what what's your what what oh, sorry i was, was going to ask michael a question hit, hit it go on what were your favorite shows growing up as a kid oh all of us
2: i was watching it. that this morning yeah hey hey, hey it's a hey, see me me, me, me. me. <laughs> yeah hey <laughs> thanks right. guys i'll be back next week <laughs> Like how you, one, you, you do, do this like, you know <laughs> like, um
3: oh damn the list goes on my wife and kids yeah yeah like, the cars sh- the g- yeah. yeah but we can't really mention the cars you know like <laughs> <can't laughs> p- the old rudy <laughs> <laughs> those are <were> my guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah man those, those were my shows
4: you get me those are mm-hmm.
3: those are the shows i love so i mean are you gonna go some of it yeah so the reason i'm even
4: asking this was even look at that Michael was a few years younger than me, mm-hmm. when even his natural outlook to him was wanting to watch shows were black shows. Sure. And what makes it mad for me is that it's not that a lot of commissioners, people in the UK, it's not that they don't know, mm. they know. Right. So the question I always kind of ask is, why? Mm. Why don't you want us to be shown properly? Right. And if we are shown properly, why is it from a place of trauma? Mm. And then why, when we're then shown, does it have to be from a place of the black experience? Like, mm. I don't, I, it's, for me it's always why. And then when they say progress, we're making progress. Is then you see that there's been a massive outlet of black writers that have been given developments or commissions, right. but there's no black controllers, right. there's no exec, black exec producers, not enough black producers. They're not, they're there, but they're, they're not being given opportunities. So the question I always have is like, why?
2: Mm.
4: Why? Also, I know the answer. Right. But.
2: Yeah. we. am <laughs> still asking why.
4: <laughs>
2: no, it's true. No. It's true. And the thing is, with the American shows, the African-American shows, every single character had depth, mm-hmm. had those nuances, had those. Yeah. And, and And I guess it's a shame that like. You know, for me anyway, I was always looking to that. That's I resonated with that experience because it reflected my own. Whereas obviously here, you have a few. You know, you you might have a token black person in a show or whatever, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly
3: believe you. If if we had those types of British black black British shows, like for example, all of us, my kids, if we had British versions of those shows back in the nineties. The acceleration of how we're seeing things going right now would have been much faster. Like where we are now probably would have been mm. there in 2005. Yeah. You know what I mean, it would have been so much quicker because we would have been seeing it in the UK, would have been accepting it, listening to black music, listening black British music, sorry, been mm. doing all of that. Obviously it's mad, but we're now doing it now. I think yeah. I read, I literally read something today where I saw it was like a fifth of all music listened to in the UK is now black, black, British, music, black, yeah. black British rap and mm-hmm, hip hop music. Mm-hmm, that's beautiful. And the culture. That's, that's where we're going now, that's our culture. And people are putting respect on black Brits and things that we're doing and mm-hmm. us in media and us in music and everything, it's wonderful. Yeah. Could have been done a long time ago. Sure. And it could be a lot faster still.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So it was, it's kind of like almost Andrew said now, why? Why?
4: Yeah, why? And even just to kind of right. jump off what you just said now, imagine the impact that would have been made on us guys if these things had been done a right. long time ago as well. Right. It's a simple thing, Like it's, it's almost like the butterfly effect. I love you, Michael. But if I also box you in the face right now, I've just made Michael's day a good day to a very bad day. I've ruined your day. If I punch you in the face right now- it's very, very it's very violent. <laughs> I mean, even though I said it, punch. <laughs> if that's if, that's if that's I, that's I box you in the head right now-
3: <laughs> I'm even thinking, right, did I do something?
0: Me. I've
4: ruined the guy's day for no reason. Sure. So now Michael's gonna go out and then go onto the street and then cuss someone out was right. he's pissed off. That person's gonna think in their head, raw what did I do?" Mm-hmm. Like Michael from Love Island just cussed me out. Ruins well, that person's day. They go home it's you pass on from person not one person to another person. Mm-hmm. The lack of black content in media has an effect on how you're perceived. If, if you're right. constant, if you're consistently pushing out that black men, especially are aggressive that's a certain type of way, which they did a lot in the nineties. Yep. Need not get going to examples. Right was of time.
2: Right.
4: But then what that does, it kind of gives you the impression that you're bad. I grew up in Manchester, yep. born in South London, Lewisham. Grew up in Manor. My accent was a bit like that, but I brought it back to
2: Okay, come on. A London
4: accent. I yes. can't
3: believe you ever switched mate.
2: Absolutely- Why are you guys?
4: Man, nah, nah, I can't I can't I can't stay like this, mate. I can't stay You like- guys can just switch it on like that. Yeah man, it's in us, isn't it? We we, we had Manchester accents in last mine changed. I was in a pub one time. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to move to a girl I said to her, You're right, my name's Andy the girl looked at me, she went uh, I said to her, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, joking, joking. Accent like that. But to bring it back to what I was saying. My well, name's
2: Ander, you know. My name's Ander. Okay, <laughs> come
4: on. I was in Manchester and um, we, were, I, we were born in London, moved to Manchester when I was 11 years old and I was racially abused from 11 and all through my pubescent years. Mm-hmm. There was one incident that was more, um, that always kind of sit with, sat with me and Samuel, where after school one time, a group of white boys wanted to beat us up and kill us. And we were like...
2: For
4: being black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just say it for being black. And we went to the headmaster's office and said, um, Sir?
3: <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Sir? <laughs> Hello.
4: Sir? So I can laugh at it now because I'm alive. Mm. But knocked to so the headmaster's office and said, Sir, there's a group of white boys that want to kill us outside. Right. And go, Berra, there's no murders in Berre. Surely not. I said, Sir, just look out the window, innit? Looked out the window, saw so these men weren't playing, so they called the police to the school and we got given a police escort home. Wow. And when the police escort then came, um, my dad saw obviously a police car pulling up and he never even asked, what have they done? Was he knew our character. The first thing he asked was like, what happened to them guys? And for me, that was like, it was a moment that stuck with me. But even going back to school, rather than a lot of the white kids understanding or sympathizing, they they're like, oh, you think you're well bad, you, because you're black. It's like, how can I think i bad? <laughs> 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 <'Cause> <laughs> If, and and what makes it mad is that then they then using a <laughs> lot of the.
3: Sorry, I'm only laughing here yeah, because I got that same I got that same <laughs> right. thing as well. But man, I was in primary school. Honestly. Yeah, right. Back then, you don't really deep it as much because I'm just a kid. I'm you... Like what? But <laughs> right. now that you look back and it's it's, like, it's wild. I can't believe somebody said that. It, <laughs> was, it was constant. You think it was you're
4: constant. well, bad. <laughs> if if or if, I, if I was in class, me and Samuel academically well good. So one time I got given I got a predicted grade of E, E for Echo. What? <laughs> got, <back> at home. <laughs> <laughs> got a predicted grade for E and then the woman said to me, oh, you'd be lucky if you can even get that. Obviously, i got an A in it in the end, but imagine the whole lockdown thing happened now right. and uh, you had to get based on your predicted. I'd, I'd have got E's and C's. Right. When my G says C's actually came, I got straight A to C's. Wow. But even me using that, oh, come on, click. Click some more, baby. It's click, 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 <laughs> click, click, <laughs> click. Oh, smart, click, smart lad, this one, smart lad. But even, <laughs> even when I'd get an answer right in class, I'd say, oh no, you think you're all bad because you're black, black. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then they would compare me to rappers or people that wow. they kind of were projected or given to from the media or characters that they watch from a gangster film mm-hmm. or a movie. It's like, mm-hmm. for me, it's like if the shift had happened earlier mm-hmm. and we saw more black positive archetypes. Mm-hmm. Even how I was seen in school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're like, well, Swift, you like, <laughs> the Oh, we love because, you. Because as ignorant well, as it, it is, that, mm-hmm. a part of you can't really blame
3: can't them. No, no, no,
4: no. Because it's,
3: it's, it's what they saw. Like, you're a kid, yeah, you're seeing negative stereotypes pushed like, to push you, right. you
4: continuously. Right. And what makes it mad is, once again, I have to keep saying these commissioners know this, right. they know what's happening. Right. They don't. Not that they don't know. They know. Right. And nowadays, in the age of social media, when things are amplified and you're bullied, and things are happening, and so much heightened, mm. and you're living as a black kid in these areas, and these stereotypes are continuously being pushed mm. through media, you're finished mentally. Yeah. What happened to Shakari Abdi? She was drowned Drown. in Berry, mm. five minutes from where we used to live. We Samuel sent um Samuel um, wrote to um one of the friends of the family of Shakari Abdi. She said, "Listen." It's worse now as it was e- as it even was when you guys were there back wow. in the day. And then we're looking at the media, these kids, what do they even have to look at in the UK with black role models and figures yep. through through shows that have been mm-hmm. they don't have it? And the commissioners know right. this, the executive producers know this, the channel controllers know this. It's like rather than just saying, Oh, we've got a really good outlet of black writers this year, beyond that, mm. what's the infrastructure? I'm side-eyeing commissioners now if I'm looking at your content.
0: in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: And the math is not muffin. And the they don't want to say it. it, it come add, out his mouth. not, not muffin. But if the math is not muffin... <laughs> From then, director through to writer right. yeah 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 because the pause andrew was too long <laughs> if the math is not mapping then there's a problem
2: right
3: there is an issue right but
2: yeah <laughs> yeah that's interesting because you know what i had the opposite experience when i was in school i was told you act white or I got called an Oreo or a bounty yeah. and whatever because you speak properly. And I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. Are you trying to say that because I'm black, I can't be educated?
4: Were you in a school that was majority black?
2: No, it was mixed. When I was, when I was, yeah, it was mixed. Yeah. Okay. When I was younger, it was an all white school. But when I was secondary school, it was mixed. And
4: that even that within itself is problem yeah. a problem because with the lack of media, black people then think we come from one... Monolithic group where we almost act, behave, se- or yeah. do things the same rather than As realizing if Blackness that, is yeah.
2: a behavior exactly. and it's not a behavior. So if you
3: ever step out of that, or if you ever come from a different type mm-hmm. of setting, then you're, you're not black automatically. enough.
2: Automatically. Yeah, you're an Oreo, you're a, you're a bounty, you're a. It's again, and yeah, again, but you're right. If people don't get to see, I guess, the fluidity of blackness and all they're seeing is just violent gangs. Urban, whatever. If that's all they're seeing, then they're just gonna look at us. People are just gonna look at us as black people. And think, oh well, that's all you are. Yeah. Before we even open our mouth. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like you both said, why?
0: Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. So, Michael, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: Michael, I wanna no, it's fine. I wanna come to you, um, because obviously you were you were on Love Island, mm-hmm. so you know you were on the screen, honey, a mm-hmm. hey, on the screen. <laughs> obviously, your brother was always you know writing off screen so what kind of what was the story behind you going in there like what did no most importantly what were your parents saying <laughs> when you said that you were going on to love island so um thank god
3: they didn't really have a full understanding okay, of
2: <laughs> my parents would be like, don't <laughs> disgrace me
3: A full understanding of the type of show i'm sure if i had a proper sit down with my dad and i told him like this one, actually to be fair my dad probably would have been chill it was more oh. my mum. Oh. i had to have meetings with her like one-to-ones like are you sure you want to do this in the end she was cool okay but yeah she, yeah but it was um it, it, it was obviously we were pastor's children as well so mm. there's a, can't there's bring a, shame
2: on the family <laughs> yeah you can't bring that <laughs> shame. <so laughs> had to have that conversation but <laughs> we made it yes <laughs> made it. It. <laughs> so when you so obviously you went on love island so what was that kind of experience like so you obviously went from mm. you know being like just a normal average joe so now you're like, Michael from Love Island, oh my God. Like, can I take a picture of you? Can I record you on the train when you're not looking? <laughs> oh. What's that kind of hysteria been like? And obviously you you came on, you know, you and your brother came on yeah. the show. So like.
3: You no, know, it's, it's even even now, ha- with it not having been what it could have been because of lockdown, it's still crazy. Right. Because even like, Go to my local Tesco's, whatever. I go out shopping. People recognize me. People stop me, and it's it's not even just a particular type of people. It's everyone. Mm. So I've had like old women come and stop me. I've had young women, like young boys, young like literally Asian women, like
0: everyone. everyone. So
3: sometimes, (laughs) like for example, there was one time where I was literally I can't I think we were in front of nighttown. I was with one of my boys, and. One one woman, a couple women, one of them in her hijab came up to me and I, I assumed she was coming up to ask for directions. She didn't say nothing. I think she was smiling. I couldn't really see her face, could only see her eyes. I right. think she was smiling. She came up to me, pulled her phone out. She was like that,
4: didn't say nothing. Like, come on, <laughs> come on.
3: Looked <laughs> at the picture, still not said nothing, you know. I was like, was it good? <laughs> was it a nice picture? Didn't say nothing, just walked off. Wow. Just like that. Okay. And, the, and that's, the kind, that's the life that we have to accept now.
2: And, you know, you always have to be happy, don't you? You can't oh, have a face like a slapped ass. Can't have an off day. You've got to be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, even if you're with your friends and like, you're having drinks, like if someone's, you just have to...
3: Yeah. To be fair, most of the time, I am pretty chilled anyway, so I, you will never really like see me show my emotions, even if I'm having an right. off day. But the pressure more, so I feel it now, because I really can't do it. Because if one person says one thing negative about me and, it's, and it's, some, they decide to tweet it, that could be sure, finished sure. publicly, so.
2: Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you don't want like someone doing a TikTok about, it. that time I met Mike from Love yeah, Island, because yeah, those TikToks yeah, are blowing. Yeah, I oh. know, yeah, them, them revealing TikToks or whatever. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? That? And obviously there's been a lot of conversation around, you know, Love Island and duty of care. Were you, ever, con- were you con- were ever concerned, before you went on, were you concerned about, you know, the aftercare and stuff, or what was that kind mm. of, ex- you know, mentally
3: mental health wise what was that mental health wise to be honest i wasn't particularly concerned i'll be honest but that's only because i knew the strength of my own mental health Mm. and i knew that i had the support of like my family my brothers my mom my dad my support network is very strong sure so i never really struggled but in the back of my mind also i i'm not naive to the fact that i know other people have gone in and the the environment has changed them completely Mm. because people who I knew to be strong have come out of love island and Heard of so many stories, sure. even to the point where some people have committed suicide. Mm. So it's like, okay, cool, let's not be naive, let's go in there, make sure I'm still talking to my brothers and stuff. So I'm uh, like maintaining my own mental health.
2: Wow. And you know, you and your brother came on, and there was an article about Mike from Love Island's got well fit, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
2: No, you, <laughs> you, you, you were smi- I'm <laughs> sure when you, you were smiling. Like,
4: you know what? For me, I was kind of okay, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, no, they
4: were experimenting. You know, you know, you know when um because we're in lockdown during the whole time, you can't even really kind of perceive what's happening in people's reactions. But right. so I never really even deep the whole moment. I was Damn, like, okay, cool, yeah. cool, all right, it's nice, and we keep it moving. Yeah, right.
2: But, yeah. yeah. I guess you kind of went from lockdown in the villa to lockdown.
3: Lockdown in real life. Yeah.
2: Wow. So you're ready to be out in these streets. I'm ready. To, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I've been ready. <laughs> <That's, Benin. hey, laughs> oh, them.
3: <streets> are calling.
0: <laughs> They've been calling. They've been they be calling for a while, yeah.
3: <laughs> and I'm ready to deliver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <Whew>. so, <laughs> so, I want to ask you guys? Briefly, you know, you've both had experiences in TV. Yeah. How can TV improve? What would you like to see more of? I know we touched touched on, of, of course, you know, more black controllers black writers. Yeah. But kind of, what's the kind of full picture? What what do you really want? What could TV really improve on?
4: TV, what, what I've always said is, I was forced, it wasn't my dad's job, sure. to live in an area, Greater Manchester Berry, mm-hmm. Very racist town, racially abused all my life, but still do not have bitterness or anger towards them. You man, Amazing. the Berry people. Listen, <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to break me, but I'm still here. <laughs> I actually genuinely love you guys. But even then, I had to become uncomfortable mm-hmm. in order to grow. Sure. A lot of times in TV, people are very much used to, oh, let's get this commission because we know that guy's dad. We know this. Comfort. Even if the stories I hear, even when I watch shows, I think, oh, it was a decent show. And listening to the stories of the writers, I was watching one show, I was like, okay, it's decent, but why did it get the commission? Right. Watch what the writers were saying, said, oh, you know... Um, the production company was owned by a friend of mine and I'd never written in my life. Oh. And he threw me development money and I couldn't write. But oh. for two years I was writing and finally I managed to get it and we're going back and forth on for notes. No, 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 no. You were guided through those notes. You were shown how to write the script. Right. I've, n- I've never been given that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you
2: know, nepotism is rife.
4: Yeah, yes, rife. It's rife. And even, w- even with that, it doesn't even bother me like that. Mm. What I'm trying to say is that be uncomfortable with change. And mm. people coming like myself mm-hmm. who have a very strong sense of who they are, I'm not confident. I just know who I am because of what I've experienced and been through. Mm. I still have a very big heart for people. Mm. Be uncomfortable being sat in a room with people that don't look like you, aren't the same colour as you, and truly listen to what they have to say. Mm. When you do that, the room will not all be white. Mm. It really won't. Representation
2: matters so much. And
4: it's not even a matter. Of, it's not even a matter of bring into the room people that are black because of the sake that they're black. Mm. If you're to look at a blind copy of scripts across the board, and scripts were not written based on the person's skin color of the characters in the script, just across the board, I promise you that the top ten scripts in this country would not all be white. Right. If you're to look at the competency of the best exec producers in the country, they would not all be white. Mm-hmm. Best producers, best commissioners, best mm-hmm. channel controllers, best directors, best DOPs, best sparks, best plugs, plug, best everything, they would not all be white. Mm. Same as football teams, same as when you go to corporate organizations, when you go to most places in the world where they truly believe in diversity, which actually then mm-hmm. brings statistically, you actually make more money profit-wise when you have more diversity in mm-hmm. organizations. Yep. When you truly do that and just truly open your heart to want to receive people and not was your cousins doing this here or there, it starts to look different. Mm. Just be uncomfortable with change. Mm. When, you, when you make someone comfortable and realize that you know we need to grow and change and that change happens mm. naturally. Yeah. Be uncomfortable, mm. the changes, whether you are like it or not, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna keep pushing. <laughs> <laughs> so just, be, just be ready to feel uncomfortable but we're coming. Yes. <laughs> but it's okay. Mm. The change is good. We're bringing ideas you only only ever thought of in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. No, but it's good, and it will change the landscape of the UK. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Mm, Just be uncomfortable with change and embrace it.
2: Mm. Would you say the same, Mike? I mean, you, yeah. you were, you know, you were on-screen talent. Yeah, I, know, I was going to say I can't really add to that, if, um, but
3: I agree with everything he said. To be honest, Just, yeah, be uncomfortable. Have the conversations amongst yourselves because at this point, there's nothing that we as black people can do if we're not in the room sure. of the decision makers mm. You understand this like, i don't f- i feel like at this stage it's not a conversation for us to have it's a conversation for for the white majority to have amongst themselves
2: mm-hmm.
3: because if they don't have that conversation then how will it ever really change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for me obviously reality tv wise which is the background that i'm coming from now, yeah i just think it's, it's kind of similar to even just mainstream tv in general mm. that narrative is, bu- is it's becoming played out and, and having gone through it now in the backgrounds and even I sensed it happening. So I wasn't really too shocked when I came out and I was briefed by my family and yeah. and I heard what the newspapers were writing about me and stuff that was happening in the media. It did not surprise me because being in the environment, I almost, I, and the way, like certain conversations were like I was having with certain people, and you know certain conversations I was having with producers and stuff. And I, not to say it was all necessarily bad, but it's it's like I had I had an inkling, right, that there was a certain narrative that was being put on me, right, and I was clearly right because I came out and that narrative was right. Yeah. That they they made like they made me out to seem like this you know this black lad game player just hopping from woman to woman mm-hmm. to woman to woman these times that isn't what happened in the environment, but it's almost like they forced it to the point where they've had to now edit it to make it appear that way. It's clever editing. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's almost like you've you've got to stop that now because these types of shows, like you said, Love Island is the biggest entertainment show. Every single, I won't say every, but okay, probably like 90% of young people watch it. And I'll probably say like 70% of the whole country watches that show. So if you know that the majority of the country is watching this show and, and the way you're going to perceive a certain type of people on this show, or you have an idea of how you're going to perceive them, then just be careful, be mindful, do it in the right way.
2: Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we can't forget the fact that you are a black man, mm-hmm. so there's already these stereotypes that exist. So the way that they will edit you compared to a white guy would be the backlash would be completely different.
3: Yep. I've got an example for that. Yeah. So there was, sure. um, there was a challenge. There was a challenge that we did in the show mm-hmm. um, where we had to look after babies. Right. I remember. And. The morning of that challenge i woke up and we heard the babies crying in the hallway and I, I just could not be bothered i was not on it yeah i was not on it i was tired it had been a bad week for me like it was challenging it was tough i'm not i'm not really getting on with like some of the guys in there and uh-huh. it was i just couldn't be i couldn't bother so i heard the baby and, and i remember um priscilla who i was with at the time she came up to me she's like oh this baby i was like Instantly, uh, I don't know if it was God, I don't know if it was one <laughs> of these men that had a microphone somewhere there. All I, all I had in my head was, listen, you got to pattern up, bro. Because if you do not act come correct, I know. I I already knew how, they, how I was gonna be perceived on the outside. Typical black man, not there for his kids. Run out on, run out on the family. And I could feel it because as soon as I said, I'm not on it, <laughs> one of the producers called me out. She's like, oh, so you're not a, baby type of guy. Da, da, da. I was like, mm, no, no, nah, I am. Just let me, let me go take it. It's like, reality started, reality hit me. So I was like, no, I am. Let me just go take a shower, you know, clean myself up in and then And obviously from there, not saying that I, I purposely done well in the challenge because I didn't want to be perceived that way. I actually enjoyed that challenge mm-hmm. because I, I myself personally, I'm very, I've always, we've always been brought up to love everyone sure. and obviously for me i brought up in a household where my parents love me so i know i'm gonna love my kids that mm, way mm, mm. but again it's the fact that i had to think about it and realistically know that the way i'm being perceived is gonna unfortunately represent the majority of black boys in the uk i have to pa- i have to pattern up yeah mm-hmm. otherwise it's, it's just going to be a disaster for everyone yeah so i so then obviously I done my thing and we won that challenge, Ayy. you know. But then, <laughs> that come on, <laughs> that shouldn't be the case yeah. that I'm having to mentally
4: go through all of that.
2: Yeah, because you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
3: Because you know I what's knew what was coming and I knew what was coming. Did you feel
4: like when you were on the show you were representing black people or black men across the country?
3: Up until a certain point, mm-hmm. I had no idea. But it was when newer people started coming in. Yeah. That's when I started realizing. But oh, the man then when they when they. Oh, oh crap! There. The mantle is <laughs> <the> mantle is <laughs> on my shoulders. I, honestly, yeah. they, I, they, I didn't realize until like I was speaking to some newer guys and they were like revealing, you know, sneakily little bits, revealing like... little bits on the outside. I was like, oh my god, okay.
2: But this is the thing, <laughs> and I guess like you know that uh, black Twitter and you yeah. know when you know when a black person is in a particular all white space on a TV show, for example. Mm. It's almost like, don't let us down, don't disgrace us, because yeah, there's so, only, you know what I mean? Is yeah. this that immediate, and it shouldn't be like that. It, it should not be like that, because there's plenty of white people on those shows, and there's lots of white people that don't feel that almost Rotate. collective <laughs> identity towards another white person, la, they won't feel like, oh, because you're white. But because, I guess, we have a strong collective identity as black people, there's almost that, like, I think people are, like, looking out for you, but they're also, like, but also don't disgrace us. You know what I mean? But, like, but we love you. Yeah, but if like you, if you do this great stuff it <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like bye you're on your own mate and so yeah <laughs> that means i mean so you kind of felt a bit of that pressure but then it kind of left and then it just
3: subsided because in the end i had to you gotta do myself, you man like, i gotta live my life yeah you it's can't so i made i was in there i made my mistakes you know what i'm saying i, I, I done my thing and <laughs> i came out and
2: like, here
4: we are
2: well what's that quote that i heard today never judge a man by his mistakes Judging by what he does after his mistakes. Oh, that's a nice quote.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it really does depend on what those mistakes are. Okay, true. You don't know. Yeah. Nice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. the <cars. laughs> um.
2: The last question. So, for every podcast guest, you know this podcast is centered around Black Joy, mm. um, and I wanted to ask you both, what does Black Joy mean to you when you think about Black Joy? What's kind of the first things that come to mind?
4: Freedom. Mm.
3: Freedom. Freedom. There are different songs. Which one <laughs> <what> you doing? <laughs> I was thinking
4: Beyonce. Um, okay. Freedom. I was thinking Beyonce. Um, pe- okay. People that do not have to overthink. People that feel liberated inside and mm-hmm. truly unrestricted.
2: Mm, um,
4: I think of Joy. Obviously, we're not a monolith. Groups I can't really say applies to all of us, but I think of intelligent, highly mm. intelligent, liberated beings Amazing. that just allowed to express themselves in any way they want. Mm-hmm. That's what no I,
2: restrictions, no restrictions, just, just just freedom.
3: I think of all them things <sighs> and then love mm. and unity, just to add to that as well. Because, like I said, it's not it's not holistic. But growing up in my household around my family, I felt loved. I felt unity, I felt secure, mm. and I saw the way that my parents also divided that love and gave it out to everybody who we came into contact with, no matter what your skin color was, mm. no matter what your race was, mm-hmm. no matter, as in no, no matter what your ability was. Like they they literally spread that same love to everyone. So mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, ah, how can you love this person? Mm. <laughs> it's, but that's that's just what it was. It was just yeah. a love and happiness that yeah. was just there. So that's that's my experience with Black Joy. And I love That's it. how I describe it to me.
2: And when I think about unity, do you know what I think about? The what? The candy (laughs) dad's honey. Because you
3: know once you see once you see that in the party. I thought you
2: must have been a bit stiff, you know? A (laughs) bit stiff? Don't you see what's going on?
3: Everybody. everybody
2: is ready. I feel everybody like I've ready. been doing that dance since I've been in the womb. Yeah. Like I yeah. came out it's and I just had house. to do it. Yeah. It's natural. It's true, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well guys, thank you so much for coming on. Say it loud. Did uh, you have a blast? I did. Been I lovely. enjoyed it. Thank
4: been you. Lovely. Yeah? yeah. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate you.
2: Thank you for coming been on. Pastors Kid Association, Anora. PK, stand up, dunno. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Are we not standing up. No,
2: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Episode five of Say It Loud with the amazing Boateng brothers in their house. Hey, hey. This is an Edinburgh TV Festival and TV Foundation podcast presented by me, Jackie Adedeji, produced by Mindy Juss and edited by James Dingle. And the fabulous music you're listening to is Nubian Twist. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.
4: If I could catch a glimpse, maybe this time, find the door to do the peace of my mind.